but it's moving you from the post-it notes you're leaving on the mirror or the trash that you're letting overflow because you just feel like it's not your turn anymore and you're over it. It's moving beyond that way of communication to a let's sit down every Thursday night and have a glass of wine and order takeout and talk about what the next week is going to look like and who's in charge of what. What a golden nugget for my latest guest, Valerie Wecor. Valerie and I come from a similar background, both having worked in learning and development in the corporate world. And since becoming a mom and trying to just figure it all out, Valerie actually transitioned into entrepreneurship as she noticed a gap in the productivity space specifically for parents. Valerie is a certified fair play method facilitator who helps families gain a better sense of control in their days and weeks so they can spend more time doing things that don't include chores and end their days feeling accomplished. In this chat, Valerie dishes all of the amazing tips on how to distribute your household load and chores and things like that more evenly so you can gain more precious time back, more efficiency, more sanity, and to avoid those passive aggressive comments with your partner or kids about the dishes. We've all been there. This chat was so motivating and I've taken so many little tidbits away that I was able to implement in my own personal life since recording this. And you're going to walk away with some of those tips that you can start today. So get ready to take some notes and I hope you enjoy. You're listening to the All Figured Out Podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Barr. As a career coach for parents, a mom, an entrepreneur, and someone who spent 10 plus years in the corporate world, I still don't have it all figured out. And maybe you don't either. In this podcast, I'll share tools and strategies that I use with my clients. And in the many areas where I don't have things figured out, I'll be bringing you some amazing guest experts to help us fill in the gaps. So tune in each week as we explore how to make career and life decisions that truly work for you, your family, and your big goals. Let's make moves. Valerie Recor, thank you so much for joining me on the All Figured Out podcast. I was just telling you off air how excited I was to <laughs> chat with you today and how in getting to know what you do, how much I've been thinking about what your advice would be in certain situations in my household. So without further ado, I'm so excited for you to introduce yourself <laughs> and just give a bit of background on product on you know productivity in the home and how one becomes an expert in that mm-hmm. and an expert in the way that you can actually support others. I'd love to hear your career journey. Yeah. Uh, Well, thank you for having me. So yeah, I'm a a productivity coach. I'm a productivity specialist and I essentially help moms gain a sense of control. So help moms spend more time with their families and then end their days uh, feeling peaceful or accomplished, knowing that they've done what needs to happen and they're not sitting there feeling, looking at all the things that they did not do. Um, yeah, so my career journey would be, I worked in mental health and then corporate training before I had kids. And then when my now 10 year old was born, I decided to leave the corporate world was not really interested in figuring out how to balance the working full time and climbing the corporate ladder while having kids. I always had this idea that working part-time would be brilliant. And so I started my own business and I started out as a professional organizer And then that over the years morphed into uh, what I do now. So the productivity piece of it, I just really enjoyed working with clients more on their to-do lists and how they were managing their time and their tasks versus organizing their closets. 
And so that's kind of where, how I ended up doing what I do today from there. Um, the last few years of the pandemic really just brought to light how moms are just struggling. And I think the pandemic just crushed moms in a way that many of us probably knew was happening, but really just brought all of that out in the open. And so now I really want to help moms focus on what they do every day. And instead of trying to do all the things, focusing on the right things, what are the things that are important to you and your family and your career and whatever um, goals you have for your own life. And then the, the fair play method is a part of that because I think we get so caught up in all of the day-to-day tasks that it takes to run a household and just function every day with kids. We wonder if there's any time to do anything else because there's always dishes and food prep and cleanup and managing of all of that. I love that. That's it's so clear. I love the way that you can really articulate that in such a clear way, but it's no small feat. Like that's a huge, <laughs> that's a tall order as well. Before we get into the fair play method, because I'm really excited to learn more about it myself and you know what it is. I know you're certified as a facilitator in the fair play method, but before we do that, I want to hear your experience. You brought up the pandemic and just how it mm-hmm. crushed moms in a real way. What was your experience with it and, and the schools being closed, all the <laughs> things, like how did it go for you? Yeah, I, um, to be honest, I think we were very, very privileged in my own household. My husband, we actually went into the pandemic with my husband unemployed, which was a little nerve wracking, but he was able to find work come, you know, partway in there. Um, my kids were, how old were they several years ago? I can't keep track of, of any of that, um, preschool and first grade, I believe. And so I felt like our kids were at a really great age to be home with us. They weren't teenagers that we were keeping them from their friends and they were sneaking out of the house to go be social and they weren't infants. So if we asked them like, Hey, mom has a meeting and dad is also on a call and we really need you to just be quiet for an hour. They could do that. They were able to either entertain themselves or just watch TV and be okay. And so we, it, it And we kept our kids home in remote learning for a couple of years, just for a variety of reasons, but I, I we did okay. Um, but it, there was a lot, it's a lot to be home with your family every day and the dishes and the laundry and the, the mess that my kids could make. I mean, good grief. It, it, I don't know why it still amazes me at how quickly kids can just trash space. <laughs> trash space. <laughs> at one point we had... Um, a designated area for like a play area. And my kids, I swear within a couple of days made such a mess of that area. It wasn't, they would like climb over stuff to get toys and then take the toys somewhere else. And we're going, hi, this was where you were supposed to play, not the dining room floor, but it was such a mess. And so it was just a lot of evaluating regularly of what is working, what isn't working, what space do we need our kids for school? How are we going to work around all of this? What does our business um, or career look like? I think I stepped back a little bit in the work I was doing uh, so I could just manage all of that. But yeah, it was, um, and then just reading about moms, just how many moms were quitting their jobs because it was hard to manage all of that, which I absolutely 
can see how, I mean, it was exhausting for moms to be home taking care of all of that. And we could probably have a whole other podcast topic on that. I have all these thoughts running through my head of just like societal expectations of moms and what we brought on ourselves and where were the dads in all of this, right? Like that was one of my biggest questions was moms are quitting, but what are dads doing with all of this? Where, where, you know, we're all in this together, and why is it that moms are are suffering? And I think that is where the fair play comes in and sort of what really helped me focus my work is we are all in this together. It is not all on moms to do everything. Mm-hmm. We need a lot of community support and structural changes as well as changes within how we function within our households. Mm-hmm. Okay. So in simplest terms, <laughs> what is the fair play method that you felt compelled to go be certified in? How'd you come across it? And, and what is it? And yeah, so I came across the fair play method somewhere in the middle of the pandemic, 2020, 2021 found, I think it was released in 2019, maybe 2020. And so the method itself is a tool for you to have conversations with your partner about all of the tasks that it takes to run your household. And there's a deck of cards. I think there's something like a hundred cards in this deck, not all of which are going to be relevant to every situation but gives you a big overview of all of the tasks that it could take to do all of this. And it's a, it's a tool for you to sit down with your partner and have these conversations of, okay, who is getting up with our kids in the morning and helping them eat breakfast and get ready and get out the door for school? Or who is managing the dishwasher? What is the cleaning the kitchen look like every night? Who's taking out the trash? Who's signing your kids up for summer camp? Who is managing, um, communication with the tooth fairy and Santa, like, what does that (laughs) look like? And, and really defining those roles so that you as a mom are not the one managing all of it. You're not spending your days with that mental load of, okay, I need to do this and this and this, and I need to make sure this is taken care of. and, And that's exhausting. And so the tool really helps provide some equity in the household and and get some of that stuff off of your plate. So it's not all on you to, to do everything. And is that by virtue of having, just even having the conversation, just sitting down mm-hmm. and just looking at all that's included in the, yeah. the day-to-day t- running of the household? Yes. And so as I'm, as I'm talking about this, if you're listening, going, I'm not going to sit down with my partner and talk about a hundred different tasks, pick one, just pick one. And like the one that drives you the most crazy or the one that feels most important to you or just a random one out of the pile and start there. Mm. And you may find going through with some of the cards that you already split things pretty well. And the goal is not to get to 50-50. You're not necessarily going to have an even number of cards. And those cards aren't going to change. Those cards aren't going to be yours forever. So for example, I talk about the dishwasher a lot. Dishes come up a lot in my house. I think plenty of us have fought with our partners or roommates over dishes. And so my husband and I split our our, um, dishwashing up or our kitchen work up by the week. So one of us is in charge for managing the dishes Sunday through Saturday. And then it switches. And so this week happens to not be my week. So he's in charge of the dishes. And so if the kitchen is a mess and full of dishes, it's not my responsibility. I do not need to plan that into my day. I don't need to worry about it. And you can have 
ground rules, what um, Eve Rodsky, the author calls um, your minimum standards of care. So it might be like the way that we do, it might not work for you. You might need your kitchen cleaned and spotless every night by 9 PM. You need the dishes running. You need the counters wiped down, all of that. And I'm not saying that our kitchen is a mess. If one of us isn't dealing with it, there's definitely counter space to prepare all of the meals that our kids need all the time. Right. But there's that minimum standard of care, which is an agreed upon level of sort of guidelines for what's going to happen. What does that look like? It might be your trash is taken out every day or it's taken out every Monday by a certain time. Um, and then part of that is that task is fully off of your plate if it's not your your card. Um, but yeah, it does start with that conversation, just having that conversation of, hey, I heard of this tool. Something isn't working for me. Let's talk about this. And we're not coming in with the, I need you to do this like passive aggressive or anger resentful. Like we want to work through those pieces ahead of time, but it's moving you from the post-it notes you're leaving on the mirror or the trash that you're letting overflow because you just feel like it's not your turn anymore and you're over it. It's moving beyond that way of communication to a let's sit down every Thursday night and have a glass of wine and order takeout and talk about what the next week is going to look like and who's in charge of what. And it gets you on the same team instead of the two of you fighting over the dishes. It's the two of you against the dishes. Mm. I like that a lot, given the context of every week can also be different. Like I think mm-hmm. what this does is it opens a line of communication for you to say, okay, I have a huge week next week. I've got that massive presentation. I know I'm not going to be my best self. Uh, can we trade off? You know, I wonder mm-hmm. like if if you, that was for you and next week was your dishes week, you could be like, Hey, can I do two back-to-back weeks? Mm-hmm. Or maybe your husband would be like, don't worry about it. Like I, I got next week. It's all good. But you're having those conversations kind of up front. I think mm-hmm. that just makes so much sense. I remember when we originally connected and you brought something up that I haven't stopped thinking about. And it's, and I, you would have a, a more eloquent word of explaining this, but it's the peripheral aspects of one of the tasks. So you brought up like the summer. Okay. Actually, I think when we were talking, you brought up hiring a cleaner. So Mm -hmm. if it's determined that you're like, okay, a cleaner would actually give us so much more time back in our life. It's something that we value. Let's do it. I remember you saying hiring the cleaner is not the end because there are tasks still associated with managing that relationship. Can you speak more to that? Because (laughs) that was mind blowing for me. (laughs) Yes. So I think we we talk about outsourcing, like it's this magic solution to a problem. I'm just going to hire somebody to clean my house. Like, okay. And check that's no longer on my list. Forgetting about all of the tasks it takes to hire that person. So you've got to find references. You've got to find, maybe you want to meet with two or three different people to get different prices. You got to talk to your friends or a Facebook group to find some of that information got to meet with the people. So now you're setting up that time to meet with them, talk them through the house. What are the tasks you want done? Are they going to change your sheets? Do they scrub toilets? What does that look like? Um, And then once you find the person, you're hiring that person and then you're managing that as well. So when is this person coming to the house? What state does the house need to be in? How clean does it need to be, right? You've got to pick clean, should say more tidy, right? They're not going to, nobody can mop the floors if your kids' toys are everywhere, or wipe down 
counters if there's stuff all over the counter. So what is the state of the house before they come? Who's paying it for that? Who's paying them? How is that? Like you're managing that relationship. So it's not just, just hire a house cleaner. It's a piece of cake. Get it off your plate. There are still steps associated with that. And you might decide in the long run that taking those steps are easier, is easier than cleaning the house yourself. You may just decide this is going to be worth it for the next six months. We're just going to see how this goes and manage that relationship. What happens if they don't show up or you know, there's all of that, that piece of that, or just hire some teenager to come hang out with your kids after school. It'll be easy. And like, there's, we forget that the outsourcing piece comes with a bunch of tasks associated with it. And so remembering that it's not just this easy solution to get that off your plate. Mm. And so in the fair play method, it's not about the, say, looking at everything, every task is a card. Um, and, and you have three cards and I have three cards. It's probably, I imagine some of those cards are smaller in nature and larger mm-hmm. in nature, like managing a, a, a nanny, for instance, it's a quite a big responsibility. It's not mm-hmm. the same as who's doing the dishwasher every day. Is that kind of, is that also taken into consideration? Yeah. So there's, and there's a couple of, of pieces in there. So we're not looking for 50, 50 with the cards because when things change, so the, what Eve calls the daily grind, those are the tasks that just have to happen every day to keep your house functioning. You all have to eat, groceries have to be bought, bills paid, dishes, food, all of that needs to happen every day. And it shouldn't always fall on the same person to make that happen. Mm. And so making sure that you're talking about those in a way that that's, um, equitable and whatever makes sense for your family. So, Hey, I've got a really busy week this week. I have to be at work early these three days. I'm going to need you to just deal with the kids in the morning. We're going to have that conversation or your example earlier, this big presentation, I'm going to be really distracted. Can you please work on this task? And you're fully handing over that task to that person for a designated amount of time. Uh, Some tasks might take a lot more work. So planning a birthday party. What does that look like in your household? And who's going to take on planning that party and all of the steps and those you can kind of delegate some tasks to your partner or other family members, but there's one person who is managing all of that and making sure that it's happening. And that's a, you know, once the birthday party happens right now, that task is over for the time being. And so it, yeah, certainly it depends on on the on the your household and your situation on that week, uh, what's important to your family? One of the biggest things that comes into all of this is understanding your why behind everything, and it gives you. So you might think that talking about taking the trash out isn't really that exciting of a chore, right? So, well, of course, the trash just has to be taken out. Somebody has to take it out every Monday because the bin needs to go out on Tuesday and that's just done. Like, why are we talking about this? And because there's a why behind it, maybe your value of having a house that's clean and a kitchen that doesn't have ants is important to you. And so it's important somebody's taking the trash out on a regular basis. And so there's the why behind that. With the birthday parties, maybe you're talking about do we value having lots of people and going overboard for celebrations or are we is it more important to us to have smaller 
uh, more intimate parties and celebrations. And I think we get so caught up in what everybody, what we think everybody around us is doing. So birthday parties are a big one. We, you know, do you throw elaborate birthday parties because you love to do that and you want big elaborate celebrations every year because that is important. You have all of your family and all your friends over and it's this big to do, or would you rather have your child invite three of their best friends over and you have this little intimate pizza and movie night. And if you love to throw big birthday parties, then go for it. If you're throwing big birthday parties because you you feel everybody else is doing it and you should be doing it, then let's talk about that and reevaluate that because it's probably wearing you out and things like Yeah. So there's, it's that why behind everything. Why is it important to you to have a clean kitchen every night? Why is it important that your house, that you sweep your floors every night? If that's something that you want, like it's, it's getting into the, the why behind it. And that, that also helps with a buy-in. So if your partner is going, why do we sweep our floors every night? And you have that conversation and maybe you realize, well, we don't need to sweep our floors every night. Maybe it's once a week we do that, or we get the kids to sweep up under their chair at night because it's amazing how messy children are. And it's just, it's, maybe it's not amazing. Maybe I should know this by now that kids are messy, <laughs> <laughs> but so it's, but it's having those conversations and getting on the same page to it's getting that buy-in for you so that everybody um, knows what's going on and we'll follow through on why the trash needs to be taken out on Mondays Yes, or not. Yes. I'm also laughing that there's some sort of debacle happening in my background. I'm not sure if you can hear it through my microphone. Mm-mm. Oh, <laughs> no, you're good. <laughs> I, you're talking about, you know, the chaos of life with kids. And I'm like, oh my God, my daughter's wailing back here. Okay. No. Well, cl- glad no. you can't hear it. You're safe. You're good. Um, <laughs> okay. That is so fascinating. I love the idea around the why and how important it is to be clear on your why. Why are we doing something? And Okay. I guess my question, my follow-up question to that is what if something is important to one partner, but it's not going to be that one partner's task? Like, okay. So for Mm -hmm. instance, if it's important, so say hypothetically, my husband often is the one who takes the garbage out, not to like have gender stereotypes. It's just, that's, you know, I do more creative tasks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's kind (laughs) of how we, we divide and, and, uh, our labor. Um, So say it was important to me to have the trash taken out every single night, but for him, that wasn't important to wake up every day with like a clear trash in the morning. Mm -hmm. I think that what happens, like when I think about that, I'm like in that situation, if that were the case, I'd probably be like, okay, well, if it's important to me, then I should be the one doing it. So I guess if, if I want it taken out every night, I should take it out every night. Is that part of like, how do you navigate that type of conversation to be like, well, this is still your task, but here, here's what my preference would be as to how it's done. Mm-hmm. So that's where the, the minimum standard of care comes in to right. play. So it's that conversation. It's looking at the why, why is it important to you um, versus, you know, it's not important to your husband for, in that case, um, but getting him to understand why it's important to you and having that conversation. And then if there's that piece, so we don't get to jump to, well, my standards are higher. You must meet my standards because I, that's just the way it should be. Um, it's getting into what would a reasonable person do in this situation? So t- talking about, maybe it's somebody, you know, what would our neighbor, friend, nanny, 
do in this situation? What What's a reasonable standard of care here? Does it make sense? Is it that you want the trash taken out every night because that's just what you grew up with and that's important to you? Or is it that you just don't want your kitchen to smell and it's we're looking at what is your trash look like then? Is it a is there a lid to it? Is it open in your kitchen? Is there a way to make it so that you don't see it every day so that you're, if it's not full, it doesn't need to be taken out, but it also doesn't smell and you don't have to look at it every day. Yes. And so there's, there's that piece of it in our house. We don't need to empty our trash that often between like recycling and composting. Like we just don't So, but then we reach a point where it's kind of overflowing and then another trash in the house is overflowing, but nobody's really in charge of it. And so it just sits there for a few days and then it's just, so we have not talked about that card clearly. (laughs) We're working (laughs) on that one that maybe that'll be the next one. And it's, so there's, so really you're looking at the, the why what's important to you. And maybe it's not the, I, it's important that it's taken out every day, but it's important that it doesn't smell. Or maybe we need a trash can with a lid because that's really what's bothering me. So getting to the, like what's behind it, kind of ask like a toddler that why until you get to the real reason of I value a kitchen that is clean and here are the standards for that. And so certainly if you've got something smelly in your trash, even if the trash isn't full, it might need to go out more. We empty our trash more in the summer because it smells more and we want to get it out of the house. And so it's really looking at what that, what's behind that piece of it versus what your, whoever has the highest expectations. And I am by no means saying that that is an easy conversation. It may need to happen several times over the course of a few weeks, a few days, a few months. It may involve the help of a third party if it gets really contentious or you just don't feel like you're getting anywhere because at that point it's probably not the trash you're arguing over but that could just be a, a symptom yes. of that and so really getting into those those values behind it and if values is a word that you're grumbling at then it's just that why why is this important to me mm. or us why is this important to us and trying to come to an agreement on that. I know that's a big discussion related to the trash, but that's just, (laughs) no, I I love it. They're they're symptoms. I think of other things or they can be. Yes. I mean, I feel like you kind of border into a, probably a a couple's counselor as well. Like this is, this kind of just feels like life and, and communication. We did an episode. I did an episode with a relationship coach and this feels very similar. You know, it's having these like pivotal conversations. They're different contexts, but yeah, a lot of things like the blow up doesn't happen because of the shoe that's on the ground that you tripped over. Mm-hmm. There's probably something else happening. So I something think that's else in there. Yeah. really good advice. But I think the trash is such a relevant example. Like it's funny that we talked about trash for five minutes, but <laughs> it's actually, it's super helpful. Mm-hmm. Okay. I want to know how do you use the fair play method in your house? You've alluded to a few of the different areas, but I want like an inside look into <laughs> Valerie's home and how you've been able to like gamify everything mm-hmm. with the fair, fair play method. Okay. So we, the dishwasher is one of the big ones that we've talked about um, and that we work on. We split um, bedtime. We've always done bedtime pretty equally in terms of we trade off 
each night. So one night it's my job, the next night it's his. And the other partner, if it's not your turn, just fully walks away. So I will be somewhere else in the house during bedtime. And if they're, I'm there for backup. If, you know, sometimes when our kids are extra tired, they might need an extra parent around to just help get through the process. But it's one person is fully in charge of getting the kids to brush their teeth and get ready for bed and read them stories and tuck them in. It's not both of us at the same time. And so that gives the other parent a chance to just go watch a TV show or read a book or do something quietly the tooth fairy. So who's in charge of the tooth fairy and sort of that magic making piece of it. So, um, hopefully there aren't, you know, cover your kids ears. If you are are listening here as we're discussing phone calls with the tooth fairy, but that would be my husband's role because he stays up later than I do. And so waiting for the kids to fall asleep and making sure that that is all taken care of. That's, that's his job. So he, he takes care of that piece of it. And then we, we balance some of the other pieces of that. And it it comes back and forth of like, I'll be the one to sign the kids up for summer camp because that's just what I've done. We do tend to fall pretty traditionally for most tasks. He does a lot of the cooking. Um, so he's taken on, he does dinner most nights. I will take over if some, for some reason he can't, but he's mostly in charge of dinner. That was one thing that came out of during uh, the pandemic early on. It was, Hey, if we're going to be home for the foreseeable future, I don't want to have to think about dinner. You're in charge. And because he likes to cook, he has just kept that on. And then we have conversations regularly of, are you sick of making dinner every night? And can we trade this out? Do you want to trade this out? Can we get our kids involved? So my kids are seven and 10. They can help in the kitchen at night. They can help make dinner. They can help make breakfast. They can help make banana bread on a Sunday so that breakfast is easier during the week and getting them involved. And, and we've had conversations around things like Christmas. So we don't do Christmas cards. We've never sent Christmas cards. That's a conversation that we just decided it's not important to us to do that. We keep in touch with friends other ways throughout the year, and we're not going to do that. So that card was just fully removed from our deck. Um, I have the intention in 2023 of pulling a few more cards out and being more definitive about them. I think we cover a lot of things well, but there are just some other things that it's time. I think we have those formal conversations around. Um, and so part of that is that you don't have to get the whole box of cards or read the whole book and go, all right, we're going to talk about everything. We're going to do it all right now. It's just pick a card or two and, and move on from there and build on that and keep having those conversations. And really it should be a weekly meeting, regular meeting where you're talking about all of this stuff and getting on everybody on the same page. And it's not a one-time conversation that the next six months, somebody's going to be in charge of the dishes or taking the trash out or mowing the lawn. And it's an ongoing conversation. So things can change and shift and, Hey, I'm really tired of making dinner. Do you mind taking it over this week? Mm. Like I'm sure there's a seasonality to it where, yeah, you, there's different seasons of like actual seasons. Like summers can look very, very different than the school year, I imagine, mm-hmm. or the working year or whatever it is. And maybe that kind of shifts, like you like to barbecue more and maybe you, Valerie, mm-hmm. like to barbecue more and that's <laughs> how you like to cook. And so maybe you slot in for, like, I imagine there's shifts that can happen. And like you said, checking mm-hmm. in. So while one person might be cool with the trash taking, maybe that kind of gets bored 
and tired mm-hmm. and they want to mm-hmm. switch it out. So that's a really good point. My husband and I recently decided to put a line in the sand, like you said, being more definitive. It's really, it, it is really helpful. I, we felt that recently where we decided to each switch off with getting up with our daughter in the morning. Mm-hmm. And that's been lovely. Like it just felt like, you know, the Tuesdays and Thursdays are not my day. Friday's like a flex day. So we kind of all just get up together and whatever. <laughs> um, but Tuesdays and Thursdays are nice. Like it's just your time. Like you're just not mm-hmm. in charge of the kid on those days. Like I'm not in charge of the kid on those days. I could be mm-hmm. working if I'm feeling productive or being pregnant right now. It's like a lot of sleeping <laughs> or <laughs> self-care, trying to move my body a bit. And so, yeah, I like what you said about that. Just being definitive. And having the the rule, but then knowing that there could be exceptions. So there's some days my husband has to go into the office and so we can switch those days off. But mm-hmm. those are conversations that we know to have because there's a line in the sand for us. And, mm-hmm. and I've found that really helpful. What have you found in terms of the changes? So before fair play method or before becoming a bit of a guru in productivity, <laughs> what are the changes that you noticed in your household and in your life when you started to focus on this? Yeah. So I think, um, as moms, we, you know, there's so much that has to happen every day and so much of it is running through our head. It's not always written down or we have a to-do list for the day. That's 20 plus things. And we're just, we hit the end of the day. And instead of celebrating what we did do, or at least acknowledging it, we're seeing the 10 things that we didn't get done and we're feeling crappy about it. I'm just like, wow, I really failed today. And I, one of my goals with my business and one thing that I have really been focusing on in the last few years is that we're not failing. We just simply have way too much to do in any given day on our own. And so it's really taking a look at what is important to me. What are my long-term goals for my business, for my family, for myself, and are my day-to-day tasks getting me there? Mm. So. Yes, we still need to clean the humidifiers. So I live in Denver. It's dry. We run humidifiers all winter. I grumble every time I have to clean them, but it's important that we have them going through the winter. I know that it takes me 10 minutes to actually do what I need to do. We do, you know, we need to clean the kitchen, but before I do some of that stuff, I'm also going to focus on, okay, what is one thing or what am I doing for my business to move my business forward today? It's probably going to be more than one thing for my business, but it's like, what are the the top things that I'm focused on? And really focusing like that productivity piece of just, I don't need to do all the things I need to do some very specific things today. Small steps are going to get us there in the long run. And then the fair play piece of that is just being able to have those conversations with my partner or to even just take a look at all of the things that we do around the house and figure out what's important to us. So we are not big birthday party throwers. We love something more intimate. So when my daughter turned 10 last fall, she had a friend over for a sleepover. That was it. We had family over for dinner on her actual birthday we called it good. Like we're not ones to invite 15 people over and throw this big, huge party. We've talked about that. We know that's not important to us. Um, you know, what is it? It's So it's bringing forward all of those, con- if it, there's like a more intentional living, if you will, of just so talking about what do we want our summers to look like? Okay. We're going to do summer camp. We have a camper. We love to camp. Who's in charge of making those camping reservations? 
and because it's like a competitive sport here in Colorado to get <laughs> reservations made. Um, it's like so, camping here in BC. The campsite, yeah, it's, just, yeah. it's ridiculous. Um, we're going to Yellowstone this summer. I made those reservations last summer. Like it's sort oh. of knowing all of that stuff. Who's going to do that research? Who's in charge of making sure that they're, you know, 7am midnight, whatever you're online, making those reservations. I refuse to do midnight. I will do it when I get up and have coffee in my hand. I'm not staying up at till midnight to make reservations. <laughs> the old concert ticket days. Right. Oh my gosh. So for me, it's really just, it's getting all that stuff out in the open too. So understanding that my husband and I probably fall on pretty traditional values when it comes to who does what around the house. But then knowing that and being able to have those conversations of, hey, I really would like you to take on this task. I will take on this task and we're not, and then going from there and knowing that it doesn't always have to happen every day, or we don't, like we've said, you don't have to take it on forever. It's just having, it's being able to have those conversations. And I think that frees up so much mental space because now you know that things are being taken care of and you don't have to worry about what's for dinner because it's not your week or your day. And so there's space to go do other stuff. Like the end goal or the, one of the big goals for both my clients, me for my clients and with fair play is that now you have time to go do things for yourself. Mm-hmm. You have time to figure out what your passions are outside of being a parent and a partner and you get to go do something else and you're not stuck in the daily drudgery of everything it takes to be an adult with kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the dishes have to happen, but the dishes aren't the, the end. Like, it's not mm-hmm. like I, I did the dishes. Great. You're doing the dishes so that you can live in a nice space so that you can also then go, like you said, move on, go have adventures, go do things that you actually love. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many people love mm-hmm. dishes, but I think that's <laughs> a really, that's a really cool sentiment. And that's such, oh man, it's such important work that you do for sure. So you said at the very beginning that you want to help moms or parents or whomever is listening. Um, we've got a mixed audience of, you know, moms, dads, <laughs> caregivers, and how do you kind of gain that sense of control without being quote unquote controlling or with mm. while maintaining a bit of flexibility? Like I know you said revisiting things. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. How do you, how do you do that? How do you maintain a bit of spontaneity without kind of feeling like you're living in this, this museum, if you will? Sure. So for me, that sense of control is knowing that the right tasks are being done each day, that there's space for that And there's space for flexibility in there. So I think having some structure and routine in your days allows for fun to happen as well, which I know sounds counterintuitive, but when you know things are happening, you know that things are are getting done around the house or you have a sense of that you're on top of things, then you know you can go play for a Saturday and go do something fun as a family and everything else can wait or it's been taken care of, or, you know, it's going to be taken care of. And so now you can let that go and then take that time to go do something fun. Or, you know, you're going to drop your kid off at this birthday party and you're going to go meet a friend for coffee because you've made that time to happen for both yourself and for your kid. And you're not just spending your days checking things off of a to-do list. And, and, and I've had plenty of weekends where I grumble about that. And it's something that we're working on in our own house of just 
one, knowing that things are happening because you've, you've had those conversations, you know, things are being taken care of, you know, your values for your family and practicing letting go of some of that. So the dishes sit on the kitchen counter or in the sink for a few hours while you go sledding with your kids because it just snowed. And this is what you would rather be doing with your time. And you know, the dishes will get taken care of instead of the, we cannot go do anything fun until the house is spotless and clean. And I think when you define your why, it helps shift some of that sense of, I must have all of these things taken care of before I can go have fun. And some of that I think is just as moms, we just, I love a clean house. Like, don't get me wrong. I feel better when my house is organized and clean, but I also don't want to be remembered as the mom who always had a clean house. I want to be remembered as the mom who did fun things. And so where's that balance? How do we not let our dishes grow mold and stay on top of our dishes, but also go do fun things and making, right? It doesn't have to be one or the other. I think there's room for both in there. That's huge. That is huge. That's a huge shift. And talk about a reframe. Like I come at it being like, this sounds controlling. And you're like, no, no, no. The control frees up the flexibility and the spontaneity. And the example about the sledding with the dishes on the counter, there's some, there is something there. There's something about knowing that it's going to be done, which can actually erase the feelings of anxiety that the dishes can cause on the counter. I don't even know Mm -hmm. if it's the dishes on the counter. It's the the question mark of when will that get done for me personally, Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. this has to get done. But if you just take that out of the equation, because you know, it will get done or grocery shopping, like who wants to go to the grocery store on a Saturday? Maybe some people do, but like, (laughs) you know, it's like, okay, we don't have Mm -hmm. to go on the Saturday because we know that like, you know, I've, I've got it sorted. I'm going to be going Sunday night or once the kids are in bed, whatever it is, like Mm -hmm. it's the question mark of not knowing when something is going to happen that for me personally provokes more anxiety than the actual Mm -hmm. task itself. Yep. Yeah. And so having maybe Monday night is when you buy, it's all grocery shopping. Monday night is grocery shopping night. You know, it's going to be done. Yeah. Maybe there's some meal planning beforehand. And, you know, as somebody who doesn't like to cook when our meals are planned out and there's some food prepped. And so all I have to do is slice some potatoes and throw some veggies in the oven and roast some chicken. Like I can make dinner. But when I'm standing in the kitchen at 5 p.m. going, what are we going to have today? Like we're having chicken nuggets because, or takeout, because I don't want to think about it. And so when you're able to put those structures in place, it frees up your brain to go do fun things, or you know something is taken care of, then, okay, now we're not having chicken nuggets for the third night in a row because we've had this planned out and now we know what's, what's going on. Or my kids can help with this piece of it because- they helped with the meal planning. And so now it's a meal that they can make and it will be fine. Yes. And what if a person is listening and they're like, okay, we don't have any of this sorted. It's clearly far too late. We're in too deep. We're too far gone. What are the first <laughs> small few steps that a person can take to move towards this beautiful world that you paint for us? Yeah. So you are not too far gone. It is not far too late. Even if you have teenagers and you're like two years away from being empty nesters and you're going, we've, we're broken. This isn't going to happen. There is hope. Um, It's just taking that one small step. And so maybe it's a step of buying the fair play cards and having that as like the representation for your conversation. Maybe that's too much. Maybe it's simply 
look at buying the book or looking on the fair play website or contacting me and we pick one card, just one. And you schedule some time. Maybe you don't even have a card. You just simply schedule some time with your partner and have that very first conversation of, look, I am struggling with this. Here's what I would like to do. Or can we talk about it? Maybe there's, you don't even have an answer. You're just saying, I'm feeling overwhelmed and angry and resentful, and I want something to change. Can we talk about it? And that's it. And there's hopefully some buy-in and a like, yes, let's talk about it. And then maybe you schedule that next meeting and you schedule a dinner date after the kids are in bed and you find one task. Maybe it's the trash like we've talked about or the dishes or mowing the lawn or laundry or whatever is bugging you. Or maybe it's a fun, I think Eve recommends that you focus on um, what she called, there are three cards that, that you get to share as a couple. And it's date nights friend and time with friends and time for yourself. So maybe the simplest conversation starter is, can we look at having one night a month where I get to go do my own thing and one night a month where you get to do your own thing. And the adult at home is in charge of everything from dinner through bedtime. If that involves packing lunches for school the next day, whatever. And, or maybe it's, I won't leave the house until seven so that we get through dinner together that doesn't require, I mean, that's just a straight up, it could be, I'm going to go hide out in the basement, but we're going to, as a family, pretend like I am not here. Or you're going to go to the nearest bookstore and have a cup of coffee and read a book. And you're just going to leave the house. And that's what, that is your time. And they get to do, they get the same three hours and you are home and in charge of everything. And they get to go do the same thing, or they get to go whatever it is they're going to do for three hours. And you start there and you try that for three months and then you have a conversation um, from there. And maybe that just initial step will spark more conversation going forward. Mm, Just starting to put those. Yeah. Yeah. Something small. I like that. Something positive, something exciting that you can Mm -hmm. really rally behind. Maybe not starting with the biggest issue or opportunity that you have in Mm -hmm. your house that might feel too (laughs) overwhelming. But that sounds really fun. And maybe it's getting into that habit of kind of starting to put the the definitive plans in play. Like, what is it like mm-hmm. to have a routine if you don't really have mm-hmm. a routine? Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. I think we could talk about this forever. I can, <laughs> see, I can see why you're so good at what you do. Um, before we, before, you know, we wrap this up, I want to know what is something that you're still trying to figure out in yeah. life or in your home or whatever. Yeah. So the book that came out, um, Eve Rodsky's second book, that she wrote after Fair Play. And she, there's a chapter in Fair Play. Um, she calls Unicorn Space. And it's all about a, a passion that you get to pursue outside of the family. It is not self-care. It's totally separate from self-care, from time with friends and your partner. It is just something that you are going to do for yourself. And it might be running a marathon. Maybe you have a goal to run a marathon and you're going to join a running club because part of it is like, being out in public and being with others as part of that. And I think since having kids, I have completely and utterly forgotten who I used to be or what I even like to do. I've been parts of book clubs and stuff like that. But I, I, my goal this year is to really figure out what my unicorn space looks like and making time for that and 
and for my husband to do the same thing. What is it that he really wants to do? Um, and I don't have an answer for that right now. So that's one of my big things is just what the heck do I want to be doing with my life outside of parenting and running a business? What, yeah. what does that look like? Who, who, who am I in that space and really trying to figure that out? That's really cool. Oh, I like that. It's separate from self-care too. Mm-hmm. That's I, do good too. I, I think that could be, it could be like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to be better about like working out or going for a massage. Like that's not, it's, yeah, it's different. It's mm-hmm. totally different. Wow. That's, that's very cool. I'm going to think about that as well. <laughs> I'm excited to hear what you, what you choose when I figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> Needle points or pottery. Something who knows. And your <laughs> business can be that. So, I mean, maybe it's just kind of expanding upon what I'm doing, but in a way that's just bigger, it could be that I really want a piano in my house and I used to play the piano when I have it in 20 years. And maybe that's part of it too. We'll see. Cool. Cool. <laughs> oh, well, well, have fun exploring that. That sounds like a fun thing to do. Now, where can everybody find you? Somebody who wants to work with you, wants to learn more, and also mm-hmm. wants to learn more about the, I, we'll put anything around Eve's work and the fair play method and the cards. We'll put all that in the show notes, but you specifically, where can everybody mm-hmm. find you and connect with you? Yeah. So you can find me on Instagram at stride productivity. And then you can also head over to my website, which is strideproductivity.com. And there, I think it's strideproductivity.com forward slash quiz. Um, you can take a quiz to find which movie mom you are. And it's related to the characters from Bad Moms, which <laughs> has actually been out for a while, but it's still one of my favorite movies. And um, so it connects you with one of the characters from from that movie. And then the results give you a mantra that you can repeat starting today in the moment that will just give you that sense of peace or just as a chance to breathe and really just kind of shift your day, hopefully. And then from there, you can join me and learn more about what I do and diving more into everything that we've talked about today as well. Oh, very cool. Thank you so, so much, Valerie. I so appreciate your time, your wisdom. This is such a cool topic. I'm excited to explore this more and to implement um, man, my wheels are turning. There's there's so much to be, there's so much that there's so much possibility in this. So thank you so much for coming on. I so appreciate your time. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening. You can access all resources mentioned in this episode via my website, andreabar.com slash podcast. And let's chat on Instagram. I'm at andreabarcoaching and I reply to every DM I get. If you loved this episode, don't forget to quickly hit that button on your podcast app to give me a five-star rating and drop in a review. It would truly mean the world. And if you're like me and love to share things that you love, send this episode to a friend who you think would appreciate this topic. Thanks again for listening and I'll chat with you next week.